Good morning, church. Morning, morning, morning. Glad y'all are here. Hope everybody had a good uh, Christmas. Good to see y'all back. Um, I just want to say before we get going this morning that because this is our our family service, our expectations are different. Um, We expect uh, more movement and squirminess and noise, and that's okay. So if you are are concerned about that, I want to release you from that. That, we, that is our expectation. We want to just enjoy our time together as a church family, worshiping God, and that includes all of us. We are all part of the church. And so don't, um, don't feel um, stressed this morning. Let's just enjoy this together. Um, a couple things before we get going. Um, if you are visiting this morning or if you have some prayer requests or would like to get in contact with any one of the staff here at NBC, the Connect card is there in front of you in the uh, seat pocket. Uh, we would love to pray for you and with you. Um, if there's anything going on we can help with or you have any questions, uh, we are here for you. Um, also, the women's Bible study is going to be starting really, really soon. Um, their signups are online at nbcchurch.life in the women's ministry section. So if you are interested in being a part of that, they have a, uh, I guess it's kind of a winter one as it starts here in January. And then they also have their spring one uh, that's up that I believe starts in March. So if you're interested in being part of those, it's every Wednesday. Um, sign up for that, please. Um, also, last thing, um, if you are still thinking about Ecuador, Heather is going to be out in the lobby after service, Heather Simmons, um, and you can speak with her about any questions you have about that. All that said, let's, uh, let's begin our worship time. Feel the world is broken. No, we do. You feel the shadows deepen. We do. Do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? We do. Do you wish that you could see it all? creation groaning and it is it's a new creation coming and it is it's the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst and it is it's a good that we remind ourselves
This is the last Sunday for the year, and this service is different and special, and more special for me. <laughs> um, everyone, everyone here was created for God, and that's true. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 14 says that we were chosen with the God's sovereign purpose to adore him. And Paul say, before the foundation of the world, in heavenly places, according to the sovereign purpose, according to poor affection of his will, according to purpose, to predestination, we were created to glorify and adore to God. And that is a big truth for everyone. In the Bible, Anyone is invited, is invited to recognize the greatness of God and to celebrate of daily presence among us. And everyone here, if believe in Jesus, has a God in your heart. And there are some questions I want to make. 
Why should we worship God? Why should we worship God? We have to worship God because what he is, what he does, and what we'll do. Uh, in the Bible, there are more about 700 attributes describe God. And every day, we can take one attribute to uh, adore God. Every day. And this morning, we made to give a word to God for his love, his grace, and for everything. Today, you wake up and you have, you have to say, thanks, God, for this day. I had life. I can see. I can move. And that is the, a lot of reason to adore God. The second question is, who can worship God? David wrote in Psalm 150. And in this uh, uh, book, we find an universal invitation to glorify and adore God. But in the verse one say, all that breathes praise Jehovah. But there are another invitation. This is a special invitation for everyone to receive Jesus in your heart. Because the true adoration, the true worship, just came from the people, from the everyone to have Jesus in your heart. But the invitation is general for all the world, all the people, but the, who, who has that Jesus in your heart can adore very, very true in, 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 in every day, in every moment. Uh, in John 4, verse 24, say, the people may worship God in the spirit and the truth if we have a Jesus in the heart. Who has believed in Jesus as a your savior and as a children of God, those who offer worship not just the lip, but with your heart, because your heart is transformed and is clean and grateful. We have a choice for God for the praise of glorify. In Ephesians chapter 1, uh, there are three different verses, and every verse says almost the same. The verse 1, probably you can read in the screen, it says, the verse 6 says, To the praise of the glorious grace, which has the friendly given us in the one he loves. Verse 12, In order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ may be for the praise of his glory. In the verse 14, say, Almost saying in the last part, say to praise of His glory. This is the this is the central axis for every Christian, every local church, for every Christian church. The axis is to glorify God. In Nehemiah chapter one verse five, say we have a good example to glorify because He began to pray. 
too exalted to God. And this is that good example. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 say, Everything or what we do must be to honor God. The, another question is when to worship God. When we made to worship God, the Bible says in everywhere, in every place, we should worship God because the Holy Spirit lives in our heart. That's, that is the reason because we have to adore God in every time and whenever you are. This is a good thing for everybody because if you find in the market, in your workplace, in the street, if you are work, work and you're sleeping, you have to glorify God with anything to do is for God. This is the big reason because we are here today. The Psalm 100, you have the screen, is I invite you to uh, read this Psalm in aloud together with me. The Psalm 100 says, Shoot for joy to the Lord all the hair, worship the Lord with the gladness, came before him with joyful son. Not the Lord is God, it is the who made us, and we are his, we are his people, the sheep of this pasture. Enter his gate in the thanksgiving, in his court we praise. Give thank you uh, to him in praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues to through all generations. And Nehemiah says, The God of heaven, strong, great, and fair son, that he keep the covenant and mercy to those who love him and keep his command, commandment. There are a lot of reasons for what we have given worship God. But in this um, morning, I want to invite to everyone to pray for any attribute to, uh, of God. And I would like to invite you to stand and take your hand, your family, or is no has your family here, your neighbor, your brother, your sister, and close your eyes, and I will I will give one attitude for God, and you pray for four or five minutes. We are pray because God received our adoration when our, our worship came from the our heart. Begin to pray. Close your eyes. Take your hand, your family, or your brother, your sister, and pray God. Father, in this time, we want to pray. God is a mercy. Oh, thank you, God, for your mercy every day, every time. God is a spirit. He is in every place. 
but more important is because you live in our heart. God, you are infinity. You are eternal. You are the powerful. Oh, God, you have the power. You are the omnipotent. It does this. It's great for everybody in the member for the church because we are the church. We are your people. You are the omniscient. Everything you know. Before we know the thing you know before because you all, you know everything. You are omnipresent. Oh God, thank you, thank you. Because in every place, you are with us. Pray for the love of God. He is a loving. He is a holiness. God, thank you because you are justice. You are goodness. You are the truth. You are our Savior. You are the Lord. You are the King. Oh, Father, you are great. When you came for the church and take the church to live with you eternally because you are the king. Not just the savior, because you are the Lord. You are the great. You are the immutable. You don't change. Everything changes in this world. But you know Chains because you are immutable. Oh God, thank you because you are say sufficient. You are the Father. Everyone has a relative. Everyone has a family. Everyone has a neighborhood. Everyone has a, a partnership. Probably some people don't have the Jesus in your heart. But we are the church. We need to adore to God and give glory to God in every time. People need to see us because we are different. We are the people of God. And thank you, thank you, God, because every day before we wake up, you are our protection. Thank you, God, for being with us. And you say, you will be with you every day until end. Thank you, Jesus, for this time. I love you, God, for this day. In Jesus' name. Well, I don't know about, about y'all, but uh, I, that's actually a part of my prayer life that's, that's difficult to remember sometimes, just to sit and adore the Lord, just thank Him. I, see, I did it right there. We're going into thankfulness because that's what that's in my head, but, but just this idea of that who God is and naming that, um, that hallowed be His name, that He's revered, and that there's this sense of awe between um, us and Him, that we, there's a, a respect, but just a, a fear of the Lord, a good fear. Something I want to...
get better at this year. We're going to continue, though, some music.
God is good. Amen. Amen. It's, uh, thank you, Louise, for bringing that word about how we adore our God. And so much is he to be adored each and every day by the actions of our lives. And so during this time, we're going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving, thanking our Lord. You know, I heard the story of a father and a son. The son was about to graduate, so the father and son had been out looking for, for a car. The son was expecting a car for graduation, was pretty excited about it. In their shopping, the father and the son kind of were looking at this one particular car that the son was really excited about, it was really one, it was this little sports car. And it came the day that graduation was to take place and the father uh, was about to give him a gift and he was handing him a box. So the son, with great anticipation, with excitement and expectation, was opening the box, expecting these keys to, to this new car that he was looking for. When he opened the box, he found inside the box a Bible that the father had given him. And in that moment, in all of the expectation and, and so forth, he felt tremendous letdown, frustration, anger. And he took the Bible and he threw it on the ground and had some words with his father. And he marched out of the, out of the house and didn't have any conversation with his father for many years. In fact, it was some time later after his father had passed that he was at the house, and the story goes that he pulled down a box from out of a closet. When he opened up the box, inside of it was that Bible his father had given him. And he picks it up, and as he picks up the Bible, a check falls out of the Bible, the exact amount for the car. Sometimes it's hard to be thankful when we can't see the gift. And there's so many things as I begin to think about it, when you think about this time of the year and so forth as we're winding down, you think there's so many different things that keeps us from being thankful. Sometimes it's expectations. We have expectations, and when those expectations aren't met, it steals our joy. It steals our thankfulness. Sometimes it's the stresses that we face, maybe a relationship that isn't going the way that we wanted or expected, or maybe it's just the stresses of raising a child or taking care of a parent or just the just the fears that we have and and the things that we face work and and just dealing with life and sometimes in the process we lose our thankfulness and yet in colossians chapter one if you take if you have your bibles you can take that and turn to colossians chapter one and verse 12 paul writing to the colossian church and to the believers there he encourages him says giving thanks giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. 
That, ba- that passage, this passage has jumped out at me many times over the years for many different reasons. It strikes my heart in so many different ways. It reminds me of the importance of thankfulness and to be thankful. Why? Because of what God has done. The first thing it says to me there is in giving thanks is it says that he has qualified us, the Father, God himself, the one that we adore, qualified us. The word literally means to be made competent or to be, to be made fit, to make qualified. And it implies that one time we were unqualified. We were unfit for to be a part of the inheritance of God's people. The inheritance here is a, an earthly inheritance. It's not inheritance that, that moth or dust or, or just time and, and the wear of time takes away. But no, it's an eternal inheritance that's sure by the eternal God that we serve and that we adore that we would be partakers of that inheritance of the saints because of what God has done is that he made us fit. So we give thanks to God because he made us fit. He made us qualified. He made us competent to be a part of that inheritance. It begins to excite me when I think about the stresses of life. That in the middle of life when things seem to be crumbling around us and it seems like we can't just keep patching one wall after another, and that we feel like we're trying to keep control and put everything together when we realize that it's God who qualified us. It's God who who made us competent. It's God who put us in his family that we would share and be partakers of the inheritance of God. Amen. Oh, come on, people, wake up. It's a family service. I, I, I got to do that at least once, right? Amen, that God would do this and he would place us into the family of God. And it doesn't just stop there that we would give thanks to God because he qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints. But he says he also did something else. What did he do? In verse 13, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness. He has delivered us. The word literally means to draw to oneself. We could use the word to rescue. That God drew us to himself. He rescued us from the domain of darkness. At one time, we were walking in a domain that we could not have any hope in. There was no hope there. We were in a domain of darkness where death and sin reigned, and it controlled, it dominated, it dictated our future. The only future we had was condemnation and judgment. But because God qualified us to be partakers in the inheritance and he delivered, he, he drew us to himself, he, he rescued us from that domain in which we were once enslaved by the, by the chains of iniquity. He delivered us and we give thanks. In a world when we find them in, in our work, in our relationships, in our, in our activities of life, in the chaos of life, We find that we can give thanks because of what God has done. The God that we adore, the God that we love, the God that we cry out to, he has done this for us. And our hearts express thankfulness. And not only that, look what else he goes on to say. He says he not only delivered us from the domain of darkness, he also transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. He transferred us. That God would would take us from something, take us out of something. He didn't just remove us from the domain of darkness, but he removed us from the domain of darkness and he placed us in the kingdom of his son, his beloved son. That God would place us into his family, to his kingdom. No longer are we dominated by sin and death, but we have hope because the savior that we serve, the savior that we belong to, he is alive. And because he lives, 
we live also. Amen? So therefore, we can give thanks to the Almighty God, to the God that we adore from creation to now, to eternity future, to the eternity past, the same God we give thanks to him. Why? Because he has delivered us. He has transferred us, and he has qualified us to be part of that inheritance. And how is he able to do that? The very last verse, verse 14, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Amen? The forgiveness of sins that he redeemed us, he bought us, he delivered us out of that dominion of darkness, out of that dominion of sin and death. He delivered us and gave us life. And to him be the glory, to him be the praise, to him be the thanks forever and ever. For he is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our adoration. He is worthy of us to speak goodwill of him because of what he's done for us. And when Paul writes to these Colossian believers, he's telling them, hey, give thanks. Give thanks. And so I say to you this morning, give thanks. In the middle of the rush of the week and of the season, as one year ends, another one begins, who are you thankful for? Who are you thankful to? That we would take time as a family of believers here who belong to the family of God this morning at Mansfield Bible Church, and we would take time together to, to give thanks to our God for our redemption, that he qualified us to be part of the inheritance of the saints, that he would deliver us and transfer us into his kingdom, that he would do these things for us, that we would honor him and praise him. So I would like to take the few minutes here, and I would like for us as a family to gather together and just to pray together. Now here's how I would like for it to look. I just want us to stay in our areas. Maybe you have family here. Maybe as a family, you just kind of curl together and hold each other's hands. Maybe one or two of you in the family would pray. Maybe you're not here with family, you're here with friends. You can do that as well. Just kind of curl together and, and just kind of be close because why? We belong to the family of God, right? And if we belong to the family of God, we're all family in here, right? Yeah, you're supposed to go, yes, Greg. No, we understand that. <laughs> all right? And so we're going to pray together right now. And we're going to pray together as a family. So gather together. And I want to lead us out and I'm going to mention some things. I'm going to be quiet. So if you're praying, I want God just to hear all of our prayers throughout the building right now. So you may be praying out loud. You may be praying to yourself. That's fine. You may be uncomfortable about praying. That's okay. God's been there a long time. He knows how to hear your prayer, whether you're speaking it out loud or just saying it to yourself or however you're praying. God knows how to hear you, okay? And he wants to hear you. So right now, let's just do that. Let's just take each other's hands, kind of pull in together, and I'll lead us in prayer as we go through this time, these next few minutes here of, of prayer. Father God, just hear our prayers of thanksgiving for the redemption that you've given to us, the forgiveness of our sins.
Thank God for his qualifying us to be a part of the inheritance. Just thank him for that. Thank him for taking you from the kingdom or the domain of darkness and into the beloved kingdom of his son. Maybe you're here this morning and you haven't trusted Christ with your salvation. Maybe you haven't believed and, and trusted him. And this morning, just simply ask him into your life for the forgiveness of your sins. And just know the goodness and the mercy of what he's done for us. Just, just ask him for that. Pray for a friend or a family member that they might know of God's goodness, that they also one day might give thanks with us. And lastly, just thank God for something he's done for you in this year. Just thank him for his goodness, something he's done and provided. Father God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, from everlasting to everlasting, you alone are king. You alone are the God of, of the one and only to whom we, who we worship, the one and only to whom we bow. There is none other, Father, for you alone are worthy of our adoration, of our praise, of our thanksgiving. And God, beyond expression, can we even speak of the words of thanksgiving that you've expressed towards us, Father, in your goodness and your grace and your mercy. To you, God, be the praise. God, I thank you for the 
body of believers that we have here, that your people, and that we can belong to one another, encourage one another, and strengthen one another in Christ. So, Father, thank you for the unity that we have. I pray that, God, our prayers to you were pleasing to your ears. And that, Father, you took pleasure in the hearts of, the, of prayer that we just prayed. And that, Father, as we continue to worship and to pray, may, oh God, you be pleased. May you be worshiped. In Jesus' name. Well, we're going to um, go ahead and take our offering here at this point. Um, so if the offering guys would do that, would be great. Um, I just wanted to say, as we move into this kind of last um, session here, you guys see that the theme that we are wanting and desiring to be prayerful um, about these things. And really this last, this last bit is, is really a focus on that. Um, we, want, we have a God who created the heavens and the earth, Everything that we live and breathe, that we enjoy, that we take in, um, is just just a common grace that he's given all of us. Um, he's a God who controls the weather, um, that controls disease, that heals sickness, blindness, lameness, um, that rescued our souls uh, from eternity. Um, is there anything that we think he can't do? I hope not. That's what we want to be thinking about as we move forward here. What, what are things that we can be praying for that are, that are big? Because our God is big. He can handle those things. He does handle those things. So as we sing um, this last, last song here and we move into that last session, um, just be mindful of that. Heal all my 
As we start this new year, we uh, uh, put this service together because we were thinking about the fact we, we want to start this year with prayer. We want to start this year talking to the Lord. We want to start this year focused on Him. And so we came up with this service, a uh, time where we would talk a little bit about prayer, and then we would actually take time to pray and to pray for ourselves and pray for this new year. And uh, so we focused uh, on the adoration of God that Luis talked about and then the thankfulness and thanksgiving of God that Greg Lingle talked about. And then we started talking about that we want to focus on uh, what we're asking God for for this year. And here's one thing that we want to ask God for is our personal relationship with him. 
We want to talk to him about that. We want, to, we want to focus on that. And in fact, I was thinking about that. I'm getting ready to do a, a series, a six-week series in 2 Timothy called Fan the Flame. And he talks about this in the very first chapter of 2 Timothy. He says, For this reason I remind you to fan and to flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying out of my hands For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Now, that word, fan the flame, actually in the original carries also the idea of again. Fan the flame again. I was thinking about that and thinking about... A number of different things came to mind, a number of different images. One image came to mind of my dad teaching me to build a fire. If you watch Survivor, you like, you know, that's one of the skills that, uh, sets that they got to have, and, and it makes or breaks some of them. And you think about just this simple act of building a fire. And you, when you first build it, you, you get all your stuff together and you light something that's, that's easily lit and then you put in your twigs and then you put in a little bit larger sticks and then larger sticks and finally you put the logs on place. You start with the small, you go to the large, you put it in a teepee and you know the heat goes up and, and you begin to build this fire. And when you first start it, generally what you have to do is this. You breathe real gently. You don't blow too hard, you blow it out. You don't blow hard enough, you don't get enough air going to it because you got to have fuel, heat, and air to have fire. Those are the key elements, right? Got to have those things. And when a, a, eventually, every, this happens in every single fire, they burn all the fuel. If you don't keep adding fuel, it's all burned up. And what you have are coals just sitting there. And if you want to build the fire again from those coals, if you want to revive the fire, because that's the picture of that word that, that Paul uses. It's one word in the Greek. We translate it with several words, and they even left the word again out. When you want to build it again, you put little tiny stuff on there again. And then you wait, and it begins to smolder, and it begins to smoke And when you want it to get started again, you fan the flame. You blow on the flame. My my grandparents had one of these big bellow-looking things with two pieces of wood and leather on the outside, and and they would would use that to, to fan the flame. And I still have that one sitting on my mantle. And I was thinking, man, I'm gonna, every time I see that now, I'm gonna think of this passage. Fanning the flame. Why would you have to fan the flame again? Why is Paul telling him to fan the flame again? Apparently, the flame went out. And I think, wait a minute, for for Timothy, the flame went out? Maybe that's the reason why Paul says grace, mercy, and peace in verse 2. In every one of his 11 letters, he says grace and peace. Only in two, he says grace, mercy, and peace. And that's to Timothy. First Timothy, second Timothy. What happened? Well, if you go to first Timothy, you get a little bit of a clue, perhaps, from chapter four, 
And in verse 12, he says, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct and love and faith and purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching, do not neglect the gift. And you think, wait a minute. That's what he's talking about in chapter 1. Fan into flame, the gift. He says, do not neglect the gift. What happened? I think he got criticism. I think people were despising him. And he got burned out. And Paul is saying, and maybe he felt guilty, and maybe he felt like the unworthiness, and God said, no, grace, mercy, mercy, and peace. And as we start this new year and we think about our own spiritual lives, I was thinking that's what we need to do. For some of us, for some of us sitting here, we're burned out. Spiritually burned out. Something's happened. Somebody's been critical of you. Maybe in the family. I mean, especially after the holidays, you've been around family. I mean, I have family too, right? And you have family members that you love and dearly and you talk to and maybe others that, that you love dearly and, and they just kind of seem to be always critical of you and you find yourself struggling and find yourself kind of burned out a little bit maybe you've been burned out over the years in your walk with the Lord because of somebody in the church family and so I was looking at this thinking we all probably at various times need to fan the flame I, I would imagine that it happens multiple times in our lives in fact I was thinking in my own life how uh, different times when I, I first came to Christ in college and a year later somebody was critical of me and I didn't want anything to do with it and I got out of the ministry out of that ministry for a year and then I realized that that was on me I needed to step back in and I fanned the flame. And then uh, when I went to seminary, you know, you get into academia and it's real easy when you study a lot. And I'm studying the scriptures, right? And it's easy to, for, you know, knowledge puffs up, love builds up, and it's easy to kind of get burned out with academics, with knowledge. And you got to fan the flame. Well, I started the church and after a while, you know, uh, you, uh, 34 years later, stuff happens and, and you can find yourself at various points burned out. And I was thinking, how does my life parallel yours? It probably does in a lot of different ways where you've had times where you've kind of gotten burned out and then you fan the flame. What do you do? In, in a regular fire, you have heat, you have uh, uh, the uh, air and you have uh, fuel so what is it for the spiritual life? And I was looking at this passage thinking, Paul, do you give us a clue here? Well, he says, before he says, fan the flame, for this reason. What did he say before that? So you could look back a little bit. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, because of your faith, for this reason... I remind you to fan and to flame the gift of God. And I was thinking, I think faith is a part of that. He goes on and talks a little bit about, in terms of one of the fuels, he, he goes on and says, uh, for God has given us not a spirit of fear, so courage, courage of faith. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. What is that power? It's the spirit of God. Love, the love of Christ, the self-control, that he, the, the disciplines. And I was thinking, we need, as we start this year, to fan the flame. 
to fan the flame wherever you are. I'm sure no matter where you are in your spiritual life, you may be struggling right now. Fan the flame. You may be doing okay. And the commercials tell us okay is just not okay, right? You need to fan the flame. You may be doing really well. Keep fanning the flame. I mean, that's a great place to be, and, and, and we need to be thankful for that, but we need to keep fanning the flame because here's the deal. We're in a culture who really needs believers who are on fire for him. Amen? I mean, I'm not the amen guy. I know Lingle is, but... <laughs> It's this, that's an amen moment, right? We can't, our, our culture needs us to walk with Jesus. They need to see Jesus in us. And if we're not fanning the flame, we're not going to have a church that's on fire for God. And if we don't have a church that's on fire, we won't have a community that's seeing Jesus in and through us collectively, in and through us individually. And so we want this year to be a year where we fan the flame. And then we're going to be talking about that. It's one of the reasons I chose 2 Timothy. I want us to fan the flame because he talks about all the elements that we need in order to fan that flame. As we look through this book, I would encourage you to read through it at least once before next week as we think about fanning that flame. And so here's what I want us to do in our time of prayer. I want us to talk to the Lord about where we are. Just between you and the Lord. We're going to take a minute to pray together as well, but I want to start with just confession, that we just confess to the Lord. Lord, here's I am. I'm dry. I'm weary. I'm heavy laden. I'm, I'm burned out. I've been hurt. Whatever that is, we need his healing in our lives. And it starts as we just open up and we embrace our, 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 our need for him and for his healing. And so I want us to take that moment. We sang about him being our healer. Is God enough for us? Yes. yes. Is he our portion? Yes. And so we need to take that time and just go to him and just cry out to him. And so privately, I'm going to give you about a minute to just just talk to the Lord and say, Lord, here's where I am. And maybe you're not in a good place. Tell him that. Maybe you're in an okay place. Tell him you need to get better. Uh, uh, You need to get more than okay. Uh, Start the fanning of the flame where we just confess to him and agree with him. Confession just means we agree with God where we're at. Take that moment. Take this moment to just... Uh, give your tender heart to him. And, uh, and then I'll, I'll tell us some other things to pray for as we pray. Father, our hearts are tender toward you. Our hearts are yours. We said you're our portion and you're our healer. Heal us, Father. Heal us now. Heal those who have been burned and hurt by others around them. Help those who have gotten kind of just flat And maybe they even wonder if the coals are even there. Lord, I pray that this would be a year we're on fire for you. I'd like for you to now just, uh, as we've done uh, here, and, and maybe you're by yourself, you just came to visit our church, and, and, uh, or you came this morning and you're not with some family members, pray with someone near you as well. If you're with family members, pray together. 
And let's just ask the Lord to fan the flame. Take a moment to just do that now with the person near you. Ask the Lord now to strengthen your faith. Ask the Lord to grow you in love. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. So ask the Lord for his spirit to demonstrate his power in you. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would set our hearts on fire. I think about the two on the road to Emmaus who when you spoke to them and disappeared, they said, we're not our hearts on fire. Lord, set our hearts on fire. Fan that flame. Lord, help us to do the things that you ask us to do to fan that flame to talk to you, to spend time praying to you, to believe you, to believe what you say over what our hearts might tell us, what our culture might tell us, that we believe you. We believe your word. We believe that, you want to, want, that, that you're at work here, that your power is at work. Lord, we ask for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We ask for that. We know that that's not always being done. And so, Lord, we ask for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus told us to pray. We ask that. We ask that hearts would be turned towards you. We pray pray that family members, neighbors, that you'd give us the courage, because you haven't given us a spirit of fear, help us to have the courage to speak the courage to live for you. Lord, I pray that you would guide us, help us to start this year spending time with you, adoring you, thanking you, asking you to enter into our world and and to, to, 
to make a profound impact. Father, you are here. We don't have to ask you to come into our world. You're already here, but we ask that your presence would be evident. Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us more and first and that your love has drawn our hearts toward you. I pray that you would bless this year. Father, I pray for those who are traveling this week. Pray that you would give them safety. And Lord, I pray that this year would be a year where you set our hearts on fire. Set them ablaze for you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.